Brene Brown is right. Life is going to kick your ass. If you're going to go into the arena, you're going to get your ass kicked. Mm -hmm. That's just a fact. But understanding that already changes the awareness with which you're stepping in with. This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 344 with guest Emily Francis. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. Today's guest, you'll hear more about her when we first start talking, but when I met Emily, I knew I had to have her on the show right away because of her energy and her enthusiasm for what she does. And also, I'm always looking for different experts to have on who might give you another angle at your wellness, at your personal development. And I have never had someone on who does the kind of work that Emily does. I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about her in just a minute here, but I wanted to let you all know that we are still currently accepting applications for private coaching. If you are somebody who really wants to take your personal development to the next level, if you are somebody who maybe wants to do a deep dive into shame resilience with me, head on over to yourkickasslife.com slash coaching to see the options that we have over there. Also, if you are a life coach and maybe you're new, maybe you're a little more seasoned, but you want to take your coaching business to the next level, we also offer consulting. Yourkickasslife.com slash consulting. You can see all of the things that we offer over there. All right, let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. Emily Francis is the host of the weekly radio show on Healthy Life Radio titled All About Healing and is the author of several books, including her newest, Whole Body Healing, Create Your Own Path to Physical, Emotional, Energetic, and Spiritual Wellness. Emily has a Bachelor of Science in Exercise Science and Wellness from Jacksonville State University, as well as a master's degree in physical education and human performance. She's a graduate from the Atlanta School of Massage in Clinical and neuromuscular therapy and went on to specialize through the Dr. Vodder School of Manual Lymphatic Drainage and Combined Decongestive Therapy. You can find her at emilyafrancisbooks.com. And without further ado, here is Emily. (laughs) Emily Francis, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I need to tell people how we met because it was, I don't think I even told you this. So when you, you know, we were having our little luncheon and you were a little bit late, right? Am I remembering that correct? Oh yeah. I flew in from Atlanta and came right to the, right to it. To the restaurant and you (laughs) sat down and you were doing your introduction. And I mean, you're like, I don't know if anybody's ever called you a Tasmanian devil before, but (laughs) it's just this bundle of energy and you were, what you were talking about, your energy was first and foremost what attracted me to you like a magnet. But then what you started talking about, I was like, I need to go and talk to her. Everything you were saying, you know, we both have, you know, history with children on the spectrum and and things like that. And when you started talking about the somatic work that you do and how 
Well, let me just let me just start asking you questions. I'm so excited about this because yeah, I, love being I have here. A, I have a lot of experts on who talk about a lot of the same things that I do, and sometimes we just have ways of explaining things that are from a different perspective. But you, I mean, this is all new to me and all things that I selfishly want to know myself. So I'm going to get right into the questions. Okay. And okay, your new book is Whole Body Healing: Create Your Own Path to Physical, Emotional, Energetic, and Spiritual Wellness. By the way, and your the book that you wrote before that is called The Body Heals Itself, and that one is all about muscle memory yes. and why we carry pain where we do. And so, how did you kind of come up with that concept and start teaching it and writing about it? Well, um, my degree is in exercise science and wellness, and mm-hmm. um, my master's is in human performance, but I got to tell you, neither of those actually matter. I went to massage school in my late 20s, and I did clinical and neuromuscular massage therapy program, and then I specialized in something uh, called manual lymphatic drainage and combined decongestive therapy, and I work on people post-cancer that have a chronic condition called lymphedema, and then I'm an energy worker. So years and years ago, I went to go see Dorian Virtue back when she was... Um, Doreen Virtue. And I, I don't know who that is. Like, is she someone famous? Okay. Like in she that used world? to be like super, super famous on Angel Communications and all this, but recently in recent years, so she was a huge Hay House author. She was like their number one for years. Is she like a psychic kind of thing? Uh, yes, kind of. Okay, yeah, gotcha. clairvoyant and all kinds of things. She taught all kinds of things and then renounced it all and is now like evangelical Christian oh, and, and okay. gave up all her old stuff. But people that know the name know exactly who I'm talking about. So I was a high school health and PE teacher. I went to Doreen Virtue's conference with Sylvia Brown and John Holland. And Sonia Choquette, and you were allowed to ask the angels one question, and mine was, I'm so lost. <laughs> what do I need to be doing? And she started laughing and she goes, Your gift is your hands. You're a healer. Go to massage school, do Reiki. And I packed up my stuff, started massage school a week later. So you hadn't even thought about life. doing that as a career choice? You know what? I did, but only but for fun. And when I graduated undergrad, my mom was like, Okay, time to go to massage school. You need to do it. And I said, Mother, no way. I'm not going to go backwards. I have a college degree now. I'm not going to mm-hmm. go someplace you can go right after high school. And so I kept putting it off. But then I got into yoga and Tai Chi and all this energy stuff. And then I went through Reiki training and then I went through reflexology training. And one of the girls was graduating from massage school. And I looked at her and I was like, oh my God, you're so lucky. You know, and it was like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? When are you going to do this? And so I changed my life. But while I was in massage school, the teacher very casually mentioned when you're working on the psoas, which is that primary hip flexor located just above the hip bone, between the hip bone and the navel. And he said, that's the second most emotional muscle in the body. And oftentimes when you treat there, people will cry. Mm-hmm. And I went nuts. I was like, oh, you just, you spoke something big. I feel it all over me. And I waited after class and I was like, where's that book? And he's like, what? And I said, how do you know that? How do you know that this muscle is vulnerable and that this muscle is emotional? What does that, what does that mean? Give me the book. Mm-hmm. He said, there's no book. There's never been a book on this. This is just information passed down through the generations of body workers. And I, this was more than 17 years ago now, and I decided that was going to be my, my line of work. So I spent these years hypothesizing and working body after body with my theories, and then picking the brain of other body workers and then other holistic medical practitioners, and started to find that the link was really strong into when somebody comes to me and they say, gosh, you know, I have this chronic pain behind my shoulder blade. It never goes away. I go to all these different healing people, and three days later, it hurts again. It never leaves. And so, like, there was one lady, this is how I really kind of got it, And she said, I challenge you. And I sweat. I was sweating like a beast. I pulled every physical tool out of my box. And I Mm -hmm. finally stopped and I said, 
this isn't physical. This is emotional. Can I practice some energy work and see what we get? And all of a sudden, I put her in a kind of a compromising position with her hand behind her back and trying to relax her. And, <laughs> and I said, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Just spit it out. And she said, oh my God, when I was in high school, my boyfriend cheated on me with my best friend. This lady was almost 70. Oh my gosh. She was like, that can't be. That's crazy. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding you. We heard an audible pop leave her body, not like a chiropractic adjustment, an energy pop, a bubble. And it left her body. And, it, and she never had that pain ever again. And that's when I realized that really being stabbed in the back and betrayal sits behind the heart, in the back, in the rhomboids. The muscle memory is like the mental memory, except that the muscles, you know how in a trauma, People often talk about they can't remember or it's a haze because they ejected themselves from their body. Mm -hmm. But your body cannot eject. Yeah. So the information that the body shares is direct and true and unbiased. That's so interesting because I was I I heard about body memories and I was always kind of like, what? That's weird. And then when I I went through a super traumatic experience and I had worked at this one particular office building when everything had fallen apart. And I worked there for maybe 10 months. And then I quit and left and had a baby. And maybe, let's see, Colton was probably, I don't know, maybe eight months old. I still had friends that worked there. They invited me to come have lunch with them and they wanted to see the baby. And so I, I, you know, get my little baby and we go back to the office and I'm walking through the parking lot and I walk in the office and I walked down the hallway where the bathroom was. I just got goosebumps on my leg where the bathroom was that I used to go and take breaks maybe two, three, four times a day to go into the ba- this one particular bathroom stall and cry. And I walked by it and I had a full body experience. And mm-hmm. I wrote about it on my blog back then. And this was like back in 2008. And I, I called it um, the ghost, my old ghost. And I felt, I felt like I immediately went back to that place and I, start, I felt my, my whole anxiety start to rise. And I told my friend Sue and I'm like, can we not have lunch here? I need, I need to leave this building. And I was sad because I had a great work experience there and had no problems with any of my coworkers or anything. It was the circumstance that I was in when I worked there. That was when I realized, oh, our bodies remember. Oh yeah. And you think about now it's that all of it's starting to link up, or at least my research is starting to link up. So you take the olfactory nervous nerves of the face. Okay. The senses, you smell something, you hear something, you remember something, it triggers a memory, your body holds it all in its tissues, then the body has shakes or uh, a pain or some sort of mishap with your breath, right? It all comes together. It's just the angle that we're coming from. And we're finally putting it together as one significant unit that we can now work with instead of like, okay, the psychologists understand everything and the body workers are blue collar, nothing. What do they know? They're just like, like you, you know, know, helping you ease a little bit of pain in your Right. I need a little fluff and buff. Make me feel better right. and go away. And that's not the work I do. Nobody comes to me to just feel better. No one. So like for me, I had a person that came to me because of their oncologist. And I can tell the story because I have written permission and it's in this new book. She called me up. I never had met her. And she said, my oncologist referred me to you. And I said, okay, tell me. And she said, well, I have uh, stage one ovarian cancer. There's only one kind of chemo that can treat it. And my body's rejecting the chemo. So Mm -hmm. my oncologist said, there's a woman here in town. I don't know what she does, but get her body to get you to be able to take it. And I said, okay, clear your schedule and come over. And she was there for three hours. And we got down and dirty into 
finding out that a significant family member had touched her inappropriately when she was two. She had no memory of it. When he got sober later in life and gave her the apology, she wound up with cancer a month later. You can decide that it's not connected or you don't have to, whichever way Hmm. you want to go with that. So we went into that and she had a child right around the same age. So your natural inclination is to start saying, what did I do wrong? Why did I do this? Why did I cause this? But that's not true. And so I could use her child as the, would your child be causing this? Is your child at fault if somebody touches her? And it got through to her. And she, she cried so hard that her body went into the shakes. She started dry heaving. I brought the trash can over in case she was going to vomit. But that next week, her body took the chemo and she's 10 years out. So I, okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. Is it ever, and you might be very biased, you know, I'm thinking about some of the physical injuries that I've had when after the birth of my daughter, it was a very, very fast labor. Mm-hmm. which I don't know if one is more physically traumatic than the other, a really long, arduous one, or one that is like super fast and furious. But I had SI joint dysfunction for about a year afterwards. Okay. So is it ever just like this thing happened to your body and yes. it's just a physical injury? Yes. Okay. And I talk about that because we can't, you know, it's the same thing when you get on a spiritual path and all of a sudden everything's a big sign right. and then you kind of have to step back and go, okay. <laughs> I get a little, I'll be honest, I get a little skeptical. Is. It's true. And you should be. That's it. Honestly, you should be. And it's the same thing. So even though I talk about chronic emotions in the muscle tissue or in the memory, that is not the only thing. So the very first thing I teach in whole body healing is how to do a scan of your body. Because sometimes you come in going, oh, my right shoulder hurts all the time. Not the shoulder blade, the top of the shoulder. It hurts all the time. And then guess what? Hello, you have this really heavy purse. You never switch sides. This is an easy Mm -hmm. fix. Is that something emotional? Absolutely not. Or a bad mattress or something like that. Exactly. You have to go there first. Are you wearing bad shoes? You know, did you have a, did you break your collarbone or not your collarbone, your tailbone when you're in labor? Did you, you know, is there a significant injury? Were you in a car accident? You know, you were in labor and you had SI joint dysfunction. This all makes sense. So you can Mm -hmm. do A to B. You don't have to go deeper and look for any sort of emotions. And that's where I get a little crazy with a lot of the super high spiritual people is because they decide for you that it all has an underlying meaning. And I don't believe that. Yeah, sometimes you have an injury to be is open. just an injury. Okay. It's just an injury. Yes. We can be friends now. All yeah. right. <laughs> th- well, and I think I'm glad you asked that because what, what Bob, and I say it, and so you have to read my book for, to actually know that I feel this way because I love Western medicine. I love Eastern medicine. I don't leave one out. I don't think there's any shame in taking medication to get yourself better at all. I don't think it's, there's any shame in going herbal route or a, a hypnotherapy route. I've done them all. I've done them all and they all have their place. But I think what happens and what I got lost in when I was going through hell with anxiety and panic is that all of my friends were holistic. And so when I would bring up medication, they would go, no way, that's just a Band-Aid. You're, you're, no way, absolutely not. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until I met a psychotherapist who was writing a book. He wrote a book called Embracing Fears. His name is Tom Rutledge. And I wrote him a, book, a letter saying, I'm a big phony. I'm a failure. I, I thought I could heal everything spiritually and it's just not working. And he wrote back and he was like, you know, your brain is an organ. Your mind is where the thoughts live, but your brain is an organ. So if your liver or your kidneys or your heart were, were dying or sick, you wouldn't hesitate to get on a medication to rectify. And he said, why won't you consider that for your brain? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. nobody had ever explained it to me like that. And I'm mm-hmm. not on medication now and I haven't been for years, but getting on a child's dose of an anti-anxiety when I was drowning in my life changed my life and brought me back. And that's when I realized that the body memory systems are real and they exist and that what needed to happen was that my 
body memory systems needed to be ignited to remember how it felt to operate healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's where it is. Yeah. Well, I, I know you've mentioned a little bit before, but can you talk a little bit more about what are some of the ways that the body communicates its emotions? Okay. I call this the somatic languages. And I believe that there are five top ways that the body communicates. Um, one is through a tickle response is actually a pain response. So if you're a person that laughs at things like, like my initial reaction, even if it's an uncomfortable as I laugh. Yeah. So if somebody falls that's down, my common. first reaction is I laugh, mm-hmm. but that's a body response. That's a body language. It's a technique. It's, it's so like when you're massaging somebody and they start getting ticklish, you'll find that the layer just below the ticklish is pain. It's a pain mm-hmm. layer. So we do that as uh, as a hiding mechanism and then we get used to it. Um, bowel disturbances are a big one. And that also goes with the gut brain connection, but it's also like, uh, my friend calls it the nervous poopies, you know, you, okay, you yeah, I may get tummy. out and go to yeah. like, yeah, nervous tummy. Or mm-hmm. if you're like a super angry person, then you tend to be more constipated. Mm-hmm. This, 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 these are the things that the body is trying to tell you that something's off, uh, running and hiding, hiding from your feelings, shutting things down, suppressing everything. That's actually a, a language of the way that you handle things. Um, And I wish I had my notes out so I could tell you all five like right off the bat. But I also think though where your body is acting up. So I want to talk that joints are different than muscles when they're carrying pain. So if somebody comes in and they have like a swollen knee, but they didn't hurt their knee and they go, you know what? My knee feels weird or it's bruisy or it's swollen, but I don't remember hurting it. And then I'll ask the question are you stuck somewhere in your life? Are you feeling like you need to make a decision, but you don't know which way to go? So you're sort of standing at a crossroads in quicksand. And they're like, oh, yes, I can't decide if I'm going to sell my business or, you know, whatever the answer is. The knees act up. Mm -hmm. The joints act up in present tense. The muscle memory holds chronic, holds your whole life of memory storage. But the joints, when they get, they get achy or swollen or, um, a little bruisy, but you didn't actually bang them, you kind of want to take a look. And it's, a, it's an interesting thing. Like there was a, a, there's a person in the back of my book under uh, The Body Heals Itself. I interviewed a lot of different people and had them write their specialties. And I have a woman who's a toe reader who works in uh, Arizona at one of the massage schools. And she was talking about your ankles represent the sweetness of life. Mm-hmm. So when you deny yourself pleasure, it may show up in your ankles. Now, just below the ankle, between the ankle and the heel is where like the ovaries and the reproductive or the testes, that's where all the the sex organs live too. So you can almost start to map some things, but um, you know, it's such a, like, like this, when I called that toe reader one day, I said to her, you know what? I'm leaving you a message. My first toe is swollen and I don't know why. And I happened to say on the same voice message that I was having some writer's block. And that's why I was calling her was like, I'm ready to change gears. Give me some information. And she called me up and she goes, well, of course your first toe is swollen because that's the toe of communication. So if you're feeling stifled in your communication, then your toe might swell. The next morning, no swelling. Did I ice it? No. Did I do anything? No. <laughs> like, it's so weird. Your body is full of these crazy, strange anomalies that we're so used to shrugging off and going, oh, that's crazy. And then we don't think about it. Yeah. But they actually, they're all signals. Isn't that weird? It is super weird. And, um, I mean, oh my gosh. Well, I, I love talking about emotions as someone who, you know, you were mentioning people who run away and like, that was my life up until probably right around the time I got sober was when I I 
just couldn't anymore. I, I could, it just was a lot higher, harder when I wasn't drinking. And so I often say that, you know, I was emotionally illiterate for a very, very long time and I'm still, still learning this whole process, but you, you have, you have something you created called the somatic emotion chart. Yes. So what is that? I love how excited you just got. <laughs> I love it. This is like, you know what? This is the foundation for my next book. The entire foundation for my next book. It'll come out. Give give us a sneak peek. What is that? What does that mean? Here's what's up. The somatic. So the word somatic, just in case, if you're just new to this, the word somatic is a fancy term for body. Right. So somatic emotions is your body emotions, because you know what? Not to say that I don't care about the mental emotions, but you can get really lost in there. So a lot of psychologists, they have the feeling wheel and the emotion wheel and man, all kinds of stuff. But when it comes to your body, it's a pretty straight shooter. And I don't mean to sound sexist here, but I'm going to lay it out anyway. Okay. Have you ever watched like how a woman will listen to a man tell you exactly that they don't want a commitment and they decide for them that that's not what they really meant. And then they have all these reasons why the guy is afraid of commitment, but really like he just straight shot the whole scenario. information. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the, in my view, all of that comes from the psychological perspective. Okay. It's the mind boggling of, of a million different emotions, but the body is a straight shooter. It's the dude. I hate to say it like that, but really that's, it's my greatest analogy. It's the okay. dude. It's okay. telling you truly what it's feeling. And this is, so from, from more than 15 years of hands-on body work. And by the way, I do have to say that whole, uh, the girl reversing her own cancer, that was not me. That was her body. I, I hate when people refer to themselves as healers. I will never call myself a healer. And uh, that was not me. It's her reversing and making the decision within her body to heal. That's I, so important. Okay. So the somatic emotions, as heavy four, mm-hmm. a action bridge, and then fabulous four, because we forget that the tissues also hold really happy, ecstatic emotions too. Yeah. So, so it's not just the, the difficult, it's not just the bad emotions. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I'm going through people's bodies, the way, the things that I have found is trauma, number one, trauma is anything that brings a uncomfortable feeling to the body. Shame, Mm-hmm. Guilt and grief. Those to me are the four heavy emotions that the body holds the most, the strongest. Okay. Does then it typically an, hold it in one particular part of a body or does it No, vary? it's the whole tissues all over the body. All over. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. But there are different muscles that'll give, give a little bit more away. But in this, it's more of a tissue memory. So that includes fascia, muscles, cellular memory, all of it. Uh-huh. Um, and, and honestly, like, like shame makes your body cry. And guilt makes your body heavy. It like is an anchor and it kind of cracks at the tissues. It's a very interesting, but when, because my hands are so in tune, when my hands are actually touching someone, the body reveals a lot of information to me. And that's what I've picked up. Then you have an action bridge and that's suppress, process, and release. If you choose to suppress your emotions, it's still an action. You're still acting to choose not to face it, which mm-hmm. is going to keep you to the heavy side. Then processing is to, you're not moving anything. You're just deciding to, to be the observer and let some memories come up and present themselves to you. And then the, the action to release can get you over to the fabulous four, which is happy, which is a physiological response to the body. It's pleasure. Well, what Joy is that action? Is- I'm going to stop you because I'm curious yeah. about what does the action to release look like? Because I've, I make up that processing and that one are the same. So you're saying they're not. Okay. No, they're not to me. Um, okay. Process is more the thoughts of getting things to move, but release for oh, me, okay. if my hands are on someone, they're going to cough uh, incessantly. If it's something like throat chakra issues or something, they're going to cough and cough and cough. They might need to scream because they're just angry as hell. 
I've done that uh, a lot. Uh-huh. And then the big one for me with hands-on is crying. Yeah. Tears are a physical manifestation of pain leaving the body. You cannot get them back in. You yeah. can't get coughing back in. You can't get screaming back in. It has to leave. Some people it is bowel. So you could mm-hmm. think about the different areas of, of excretion out of the body, your mouth, your bowels, your ears even release energy. Um, and so to me, the release is an actual physiological action okay. to get something out. So some people release by journaling and that's fine too. You've got hand mm-hmm. to paper. It has to touch something else and leave. So it has to touch air from the body. Does that make sense? It does. Yes. And I, I think that th- those two kind of overlap for me, but I do really, really like your distinction. Yeah. Well, and that's because everything I'm coming at is from the body, which is slightly different. Mm-hmm. And then the fabulous four is happy, joy, connected, and empowered. Yeah. And you know, happy is fleeting. You feel happy right now, but it's not necessarily locked and loaded into the tissue memory, but it can be. It remembers the sensation. It doesn't remember the memory. But joy is a happiness like on fire that remembers the memory. So how many times like when you've exercised and you haven't in a long time, let's say you, let's say you work out to an old school song that you loved when you were eight and used to go to disco parties. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's like your whole body celebrates. That's because the tissue memories are reactivating the old memories with what you're doing now. Gotcha. Well, that I think that even speaks to just generally speaking, when we're in the car and we're, you know, you hear a song from a time in your life. Mm-hmm. I, and this sort of reminds me of when when we grieve musicians that have passed away. We're not necessarily grieving because we knew that person. Knew we're grieving right. the music that was from Affected a certain us. period of our life and who yeah. we were at that time. It's our attachment to their part in our life. Right. And that is, and it's very valuable. That's why, I mean, people are strange about grief. And that's, and I talk about that in here because grief is the heaviest of the, of the four. And, um, I, and one I think that we just kind of poo poo and don't give enough credit to. We don't give enough credit to. And I, I say this a lot grief cuts your life into t- parallels. Once grief actually occurs, you have your regular life and then the life you might be living had that thing not occurred or had that person not died. So you keep time differently when grief enters the picture. And so I always talk about that no one has any right, no one, to tell you how to grieve or for how long. Mm -hmm. It is very private and it's yours. And honestly, it never goes away. So when I talk about release, you're not going to release, like I I say this in my upcoming book, actually, that my dad died when I was 13 and he was my favorite person on the planet. And it Mm -hmm. was, he went to go play tennis. He had a heart attack. He never came home. I never saw a coffin. I conjured it into, he went to the witness protection program and he's living out in Vegas. I lived on a complete misnomer for years and it caused me great amounts of anxiety and panic as an adult when I finally started to face the realities. I, like you call it um, for getting sober. I, I got sober. It wasn't, I wasn't necessarily a full-on alcoholic, but I decided that I was really close and I did a year of sobriety to see if I could. Mm-hmm. And that's when I call it the mask dropped and the crazy appeared. And that's when I couldn't control my life or my habits or my emotions. And that's when I got really honest and started doing a whole lot of therapy mm-hmm. to figure it out. Um, but, but he, you know, he died and it was this, this huge thing. And what I, what I talk about is that you become an entirely different person. So yeah. I spent years making excuses for why I wasn't stepping into my life because if my dad was still here, I would probably be doing this. But instead, I'm living on a pullout couch at my mom's house because I am such a loser now. Mm-hmm. But gosh, I would be like rocking and rolling 
if he was still there. And it wasn't until I dated a guy who was my exact reflection. He lost his dad at 16 and all of his sentences were like, well, I, w- I probably would have had a scholarship in college for football and I probably would have done this and this and this. And all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, like Emily, Uncle this Rico is what from you've Napoleon been doing. Dynamite. I can remember him. Yes. <laughs> Coach would have put me in the game. <laughs> he would have put me in. I mean, my life would have been so awesome if this wouldn't have happened. And I realized I had been doing that and making excuses for years mm-hmm. of why nothing ever worked for me or why I didn't deserve or why I wasn't going to be the shining star of my life. And it really taught me to like, holy crap, you know what? I need to become the shining star of my life, whether he's here or he's not. He's probably up there like the angels going, what in the hell are you doing? Waving his arms around, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You are wasting all of this time. So do you think you were in that place largely because you hadn't truly surrendered to your grief or was it more than that? Oh, yeah. Well, we weren't even allowed to grieve. We had two weeks to grieve and then we were never allowed to talk about him again, (sighs) ever. So it was like... I, like all of a sudden he was just gone. And not only were you not allowed to talk about him, but it erased my memories because it felt like I was breaking the rules to even think about him. Mm-hmm. So you're taking away my, my person, my absolute favorite person in the world. I was so daddy's girl to, okay, you have two weeks to feel it. And then we are never discussing this again. And if I would even ask my mom a question, she'd say, you're being disrespectful. Do not ask that. I mean, it was like, I don't even, I, I cannot oh, express enough. Stuff. Get your yeah. children therapy, get them mm-hmm. therapy. What I would do, and I actually did a Native American shamanic ritual called soul recovery and extraction. What? Or soul retrieval. Oh my gosh. Oh, I've tried everything <laughs> to heal. And so in the Native Americans, they believe that when you get your heart broken, it actually dis, it, it actually disengages and pieces of your soul do leave. And that's why people don't feel whole or why they deal with depression um, because they're not whole anymore. Uh-huh. And so I had read this book about that, that somebody lost their grandfather and they had years of depression and then had soul retrieval and that piece was returned to them and then they felt whole. They never had this again. So I thought, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to find a shaman. I'm going to do this. And I, you don't tell them anything about you. So I, I didn't go in there going, hey, I lost my dad. I was 13. Nothing. She had several pieces, but she goes, there's a piece of you that's 13 years old and I found you in a coffin and you said, leave me alone. I'm with my dad. Wow. Yeah. And she goes, and I asked you, turn around, is your dad even still there? And I wouldn't come. And so she said she had to ask my dad to come deliver the piece back into my body. And in my meditation, when my eyes were closed, I saw arms come into me and like deliver something. But I have to tell you what none of the shaman books have ever said. They all make it sound like like you're whole now. But delivering the most traumatized piece of who you are back into your body is that's when the start of my severe anxiety and panic came way out of control because even though they tried to give me instructions on how to welcome it and feel it better, I was working at Canyon Ranch, the premier spa in Lenox, Massachusetts. I did this shamanic thing. And then all of a sudden people are coming for massage and all I could think was, get the hell off the bed. I got to lay down. I can't function. I'm going to die. I mean, it was like, I mean, here I am putting my hands on people Mm -hmm. and all I'm thinking is, what if I drop dead right now? Or what if I pass out and I don't actually die? And then they know I'm crazy. Like that's how my mind began. It it unleashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and anxiety. I used. I actually self-published a book years ago called "Anxiety Sucks," but I uh, I have unpublished it since then. But I I know anxiety so well, and there's no better explanation than it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it does. That's 
That was, I mean, I always, I think it was always an underlying, but I was such a party girl that if I started to feel anxious, I would just go get drunk. Yeah, That's what same. I did. Mm-hmm. Which is always so, And I knew helpful, how to right? do it. <laughs> it's, oh, I mean, and like, honestly, if you come to me, this is back now when I was in college and I was a college cheerleader. So if you came to me sad, it was like, oh, honey, let's go get your ass drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's get to the bar right now, you know? That's what, and that, that made me your best friend. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, okay. So we were talking about grief and some of the bigger, the bigger stuff. And you did mention that tissue memory stores the good stuff too. So how can we use yes. that for our healing? So, um, I believe that the tissue memories don't discriminate between, um, really elated and devastated and they're all in there in the memory. So in my, uh, opinion. And actually, this is all in my next book. It's all these meditations to do exactly that. So you go into so this your body is and find where the whole body healing. Happen. No, book. this is not. This is in the upcoming. Oh, that, um, you're, that you're writing. That okay. I come out in a year. Yes. Um, and I give you all these meditations to actually work with your body to figure out where those happy, joyful places are and how to make them grow. But one of the things, obviously, is journaling, which journal is actually going to be in the next book. But journaling is really big. Putting on old music, feeding your olfactory senses. So um, eating things that you used to eat or thinking of things, how many times, like if you did have a love of your life and there was like a song that was yours, play it more. Yeah. Let your, you know, like read things that make you happy. Allow yourself to feel things. Go back in time and let yourself not just be the witness anymore. Like feel it again. Let yourself feel you know, all sides of the, of the happy parts. And you don't, you know, it's kind of like you can become Phoebe from Friends who her mom would, would turn off the movie before it got bad at the end. And that's the end. This is perfect. Oh, what's, what's happening with old Yeller right now? You know, you can just do it while the, while the puppy's happy. You know, mm-hmm. these, are, these are your happy times. You don't have to always hammer down with, and then I lost them. Or then this changed. Like, don't do the and thens. Mm-hmm. So you want to, you do want to go back in time. But also remember that, you can create all kinds of new things when you trust that you're allowed to be happy without fear that you're going to get your ass kicked. Okay. Say more about that. Cause we have a lot of, you know, myself included, a lot of people who you know, I wrote about this and how to stop feeling like shit catastrophizing. And Brene Brown calls it foreboding joy when we don't truly lean into the joy and happiness of our life because we're worried. Cause we know what it feels like to have, to be disappointed. We know what it feels like. Away. We have been conditioned and you know what? Brene Brown is right. Life is going to kick your ass. Yeah. If you're going to go into the arena, you're going to get your ass kicked. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. But understanding that already changes the awareness with which you're stepping in with. And, you know, allowing yourself to feel happy was one of the hardest things I've ever done yeah. ever. Because I think, and I, I say this, I believe that we're laced up with certain behavior patterns and mine is guilt. So if I ever was happy, I would feel guilty because you're not supposed to be happy, mm-hmm. you know, because that only brings in like the, the, the bad monsters that are going to come and, you know, take it all away. And um, that's actually right there. That alone, this very small snippet of being able to sit still when you're happy. Yeah. Because I talk about this for trauma too. Like I want you to be able to sit within and let the discomforts arise and learn how to navigate from inside that place. We, but we know this. But can you do it when you're happy? When you have this overwhelming sensation, my friend was getting divorced, bought her own house, uh, didn't know which way was up or down, got herself a new washer and dryer. And she found herself sitting on the washing machine, bawling her eyes out because it was the first time in her entire life she bought her own washing machine. Mm-hmm. 
And this freedom was so overwhelming that the floodgates opened, but the tears were happy because she finally stepped out and made her life hers and gave herself complete permission. And everything, she tried really hard to slow down. So yeah, the washing machine was delivered, but the washing machine was delivered. So she sat on it and she let herself feel it. And you know, like children that like to close their eyes and take pictures or they, or, or you put like all the different foods on a plate and they pick their favorites first, Mm -hmm. whereas adults save it for last, (laughs) right? Like I want my last bite to be the really yummiest, whereas a child wants it to be their first. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a reckless abandonment of just being present that is so difficult for adults to grasp. And, and I want you to just be willing to start really small, really small with whatever that looks like for you to let yourself enjoy and not go take shelter because the storm is coming. Yeah. But that's hard. It's almost like you have to become uh, a badass against, <laughs> against your own fears. Against your better judgment. And I'm using like air yeah. quotes around better judgment. Yes. Yeah, it's having to unlearn have, in many ways. You be what, bold. You, know. you have to become bold. What is that word though that I want to say that you're, um, it's, it's more than, it's radical, but it's something where you're standing up against yourself and basically putting yourself on blast of like, I'm going to stand up to these thoughts and I'm going to sit here long enough to see if I get struck down. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it can feel, I think, especially for women counterintuitive and it's not that it's intuitive for us to always just like lean into like the what ifs. It's just what we've been taught, I think, a lot as well. And I, I do it in little in little glimpses and and moments of really leaning into to joy and, and gratitude. And I wanna I wanna ask you one more question before we close up because I would love for people to have sort of uh something that they can do now. And you talk about well Okay, let's talk about body scans for a minute because I am in a like true confession. When I do a meditation, or I, you know, if I'm in person with pe- people, we're doing like a group thing. It's like do a body scan, and I'm like, uh, okay, like I I have a hard time. <laughs> I was like, everything feels normal. Like every like I don't know what else you want from me. So can you talk to us about that? Like listening to your own body. Yes, I'm actually trying to look up my my. Uh, here it is, the practice, the body scan. Um, is it okay if I read this little? Yeah, section? is this something on your website that we can link to in the show notes? No, but it's in my book. Okay, so okay, I, so perfect. Yeah, in, in the okay. new one, the whole body healing. Yes, the brand new okay. whole body healing, and this is in the physical section. It says practice the body scan. Uh, every morning, we need to start our day with a quick check in with our body to determine how we are feeling and where we're at. Feel your body with your mind, starting from your feet and working all the way through the stations: ankles, knees, hips, stomach, gut, chest, low back, spine, whole back, shoulders, arms, elbows, wrists, hands, neck, ears, mouth, nose, chin, cheeks, forehead, eyes, scalp of the head. Is anything? feeling off? Does any place hurt? Does it feel tight or sore anywhere? When you go to the bathroom, are all systems a go? While small, these are basic and need attention. Remember that the little things that go ignored can easily become the bigger things. If you answered yes to anything that says, does anything hurt? Look more deeply into that answer. Where does it hurt? Why does it hurt? Is it surface level or is it deeper like an organ? Is it a bruise or something? Did something happen? Can you pinpoint the location or is it an area? Should you call your doctor and have it looked at? These are extremely important to ask yourself. If your answer is, I probably should call my doctor but can't afford it, don't want to deal with it, don't have time for it, don't really care. These are also important things to note. 
Then, then we go into a different set of questions. Is this something with my mood, emotions, or my mind? Am I feeling disconnected from myself and my body? Am I possibly feeling depressed or anxious? Look into those answers as well and see if you have the same four answers as above. If after you've answered and you've had your wake-up time, maybe within an answer of waking, ask the really important question that might take care of all the rest. Are you hungry? Have you eaten? When was the last time you ate? So many times we're moody, cranky, disconnected, and agitated, agitated, hangry as they call it, if our blood sugar is not balanced. Simple as it might sound, the body scan and check-ins are important tools in your arsenal that need to be used every day. Our bodies are master communicators, and it's high time we learn how to listen. Make notes if something comes up and don't shrug it off as insignificant. You can't track information if it's not ever cataloged. Maybe do a handwritten journal or a spreadsheet on your computer, just something on the side to note symptoms or situations that arise. Um, I hope this chapter expands your horizon on research, but I, it, it's so simple that it's ridiculous. I think I might just be overthinking it. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. And so when people talk about scanning your body, and then I teach you later in the book how to scan the energy outside of your body to make sure that what you're feeling isn't you. Because sometimes <sighs> empaths feel other people. Mm-hmm. So then we start to go around the room because there was a guy that tore his bicep tendon, but I didn't know that. And he was sitting next to me in a mastermind gathering and my arms started killing me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, did I just get Because I did Tai Chi right before it. And I thought, did I get hurt? And I didn't remember. And then I started feeling the energy of everyone around me and realizing, nope, it's the dude next door. Yeah. What's up with him? And then I went and I got bold enough to ask him, like, I'm sorry to interrupt you. And I feel a little crazy asking this, but did you by chance get hurt here? And he goes, oh my God, I tore my bicep tendon. Can you feel it? (laughs) It's like, yes. Okay. Yeah. And that might be, you know, people who are feeling energy within their house. I think anybody who's been in a long-term relationship can feel when their partner is upset with them when they're Mm -hmm. upset with about something else. Like sure. But especially it's a different kind of energy when your partner is upset with you and they haven't told you yet. Yes. That's the worst. Yes. (laughs) And you know where that, guess where that shows up in the body? (laughs) Where? Your ass, you're a pain in the ass. You sit on it. You're sitting on the, you're sitting on it. And all of a sudden you get your glutes worked on and they get pissed off because that's where they sat and did not discuss their feelings. Ha, Uh. how crazy is that? And if you want to go to a double, just to really say, I know of which I speak, Chinese medicine, that's where the liver gallbladder line runs through and that's anger. But I didn't know that when I wrote the book. I saw a chiropractor who did kind of what you do. It might've been the exact same thing. And he did this weird, and I, and I had never seen anybody like this before. So, and he was recommended to me by a friend and, and I'm like, what in the world is this guy doing? Like, who is this witch doctor? The Casio testing? Yeah, I think so. And he was like naming all these <laughs> organs and like touching my head. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, is this a, like, am I being punked? Like, this is super weird. It's totally real. And he said, and he, I think it, I think it was gallbladder. He said gallbladder. And then he repeated it. And he said, who are That's you anger. resentful? <laughs> who are you resenting right now? I was like, ew, no one, but my mom. <laughs> ah, exactly. The liver gallbladder line, aggravation, anger, and the glutes are aggravation suppression. Oh, I believe that it's the thing weird. when you're not discussing it. And it's, it's, it's so bizarre. And it's what's really cool, though, is that we're finally talking to each other in the different practices and respecting each other enough to realize we all share the same story with different terms. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. I'm I'm remembering like what was going on at that time. We had moved in with my mom 
and my stepdad, we'd left San Diego to move to Utah. And it was, I think we, we all loved the idea of this. And my kids were toddlers at the time. My mom's like, it's going to be great. Turns out it wasn't great. Like I think my mom really forgot what it's like to live with toddlers. <laughs> it had been a long yeah. time and it was, we were having some difficulties with schedules and babysitting <laughs> I understand that. And, and moving. And yeah, it was, it was a rough time, but it was, I, that was my first sort of introduction into this whole like mind body thing. And what, what did you call it? Physio something? A physiological response? Yeah, in this testing that he was doing. He also did the arm oh, test. Oh, no, that was kinesio testing. It's called testing. applied kinesiology. He, applied kinesiology. He did the arm test as well, which was really interesting because he he did the arm test and he was like, um, I thought, I think it might have just been really straightforward. Like he said mental, physical, emotional. Yep. And then when he said yep. spiritual, my arm collapsed. Yeah, no, they do. They test. It's called applied kinesiology. It's a muscle test because the muscles are the windows into the nervous system. We're finally figuring all this crap out, which is crazy. But they test your muscles. Hello, body memory, tissue memory in the muscles. And the muscles are direct communicators. So they go, they bypass the mind and go into the muscles to say what's really going on. And then they test under environmental, spiritual, emotional, physical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it's the real deal. It felt, you, find you know what it felt like it. when, when I would go and see him, I only did it for a couple of times and then I had an injury and anyway, it's a long story, but I felt like he was, um, like I had secrets and he was uncovering them. It's true. You know what? I will tell you this really quick and I know you have to wrap up, but we brought, uh, children to our applied case. Now my kids go cause he, they go to our naturopath who does it for every section. So my children are so used to it, but we brought a second set of children who's, uh, one parent was receiving treatment for being an alcoholic. And I knew that these children were not going to be able to go to a therapist and discuss how they felt. So I brought them to our naturopath to bypass and just let their bodies tell us the most pressing issues or feelings so that they could get treated for those emotions through the naturopath. Uh And it just, for me, um, especially with children or people that are super shut down, it's a way to bypass having to put somebody on the hot seat, but still allowing them to get the proper uh, attention and treatement that they need. Pretty wild. To allow the communication to actually happen. Yep. And all that's in this book. So Whole Body Healing has all of the different practitioners, what they do, how to find the right one, what you're looking for under each aspect of the body, and they're charted in the back. So what we're talking about is actually all in this book, that applied kinesiology, what it does, where you would find it, who practices it. They're all there in the book. What what kind of training they need to be certified in. Okay. So it's Whole Body Healing, Create Your Own Path to Physical, Emotional, Energetic, and Spiritual Wellness. Emily Francis, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me for another hour. I know you could have. Um. <laughs> yes. I, you know what? Let me get my website though, emilyafrancisbooks.com because the A, there's a lot of Emily Francis's out there. So emilyafrancisbooks.com. emilyafrancisbooks.com. And all of this information is in the show notes. Is there anywhere, or do you want people to go look for your books first or do you want them to follow you on Instagram? I know I follow you over there. I love your oh, videos. I would love for you to follow me on Instagram. And I definitely put some um, videos on that. Emily A. Francis Books. And, uh, you know, I'd love for you to order the book. I think it's a resource guide that honestly everybody needs. I really do. I put this together as research for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that I met you. I don't, I don't think that 
things are accident. And um, no. I just, when you started talking, I was like, I have to have you on my show. And I'm so glad that I talked to you. I learned, I learned so much. So everyone, please go out and get the book, Whole Body Healing, Create Your Own Path to Physical, Emotional, Energetic, and Spiritual Wellness, emilyafrancisbooks.com. Thank you, my dear, so much for being here. Thank and you. Hey, listeners, you know how much I value your time. I'm so incredibly grateful that you spend it here with me and my guests. So until next time, everyone, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. 